Thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you. We're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely, what, giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up click the link to support our podcast you can do it here's the show we three from gp ran to tommy b broadcasting live on your frequency giving you updates on these georgia streets these are voices for the people that don't get to speak Issues, black news, the conversation's deep Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat iPods, Androids, or your laptop These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie Then came a long way from being homies on the block From afros and braids and now they at the top You want facts? This is where I get them from GP3RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now here's Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey y'all, welcome back. To GP3 round 130, Tommy B is in the building. Yet another fun-filled week, y'all. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the support. And again, this podcast is really a labor of love, so I appreciate y'all hanging with me, hanging with the team, hanging with GP3. You know, this week, uh, just kind of give you a heads up, we're going to talk to uh, my girl Tanya B. We're going to sip some tea, catch up on some news uh, with the week that was. Big ups to... Syracuse Mike. I'm going to call him Syracuse Mike. That's our, our our news guy. Syracuse Mike. I'm recommending some really good reads also at the end of the podcast in the assignment. Really good stuff uh, from some interesting people. want you all to check that out. But first, as I always do every week, as we always do, uh, the GP3 story podcast started back in 2016. Uh, three. There were three guys, three of us, Rand Tut, me, Tommy B., uh, we all attended Grove Park Elementary School. If you're in the ATL, that's the Grove Park area of the ATL. And that school is still functioning, too. And uh, I lived on North Avenue. Tut was on Charlotte. Uh, Ram was on South Elizabeth Place. And uh, we took it up right to the 2016 election. And y'all know the, the shiggity happened. And we're still doing it. Continued on. Uh, Tut's retired. Ran is kind of impartial retirement. And and I'm just the sole survivor carrying it on, carrying it on. By the way, if you follow the show, you know it's not a sports show. Um, but I, I kind of drop sports um, from time to time. Um, and this is the week. And I know I hate to do this because it always dates the shows, but who cares? Um, Final four. OK. And just a little background on me. I grew up playing basketball. Um, some might say I had some skills. Some folks say that. Um, I was having fun and I enjoyed it, made friends, got some fame out of it. When it was done, though, I was done. I mean, I played you know, right up to high school, maybe did some intramural. I was done. 
Last night, man, watching, um, well, let me say last night, we taped the show. We released the shows on Sunday. So I watched uh, Virginia and Auburn, and uh, I'm not saying this because I'm a big fan of Auburn, because I'm really not. Uh, but shout out to the folks, man, at Auburn. Shout out, especially to Charles Barkley, man. This dude, I feel bad for, Char- I, I normally don't feel bad for Charles Barkley, but damn, Charles Barkley was almost in tears. Um, Auburn, you were just you know, I, I got to say this. Auburn was a victim of some some fuckery, referee fuckery. I don't know where that came from, but let me let me explain to y'all. If, if even if you don't play ball, um, you are familiar with double dribble. You know, most people who don't know how to play the game always double dribble because they dribble, dribble, pick it up, stop, run and then dribble some more. That's how little kids start to play. But and I don't know the player's name. I, I, I don't keep up with the Virginia players. But uh, one of the kids, he's coming down court, who actually was keeping them in the game, his shooting. Bring it, coming down the court, the ball hits his, I think, the back of his leg, which, you know, he's got a player defending him, hits his leg. The defending player doesn't touch him at all, and he reaches down to grab the ball with two hands. Now, he's been dribbling, stops the dribble because it hits his body, grabs it with two hands, and then he proceeds to dribble. Now, that is clearly a double dribble. Now, we're talking about a play like that happening, not necessarily um, in the in the court, like main court where you're playing, but in the back court where this player is coming across, where he's kind of isolated. So in my opinion, an isolated play like that, you got to catch that. If you're a ref and you're watching the game and you're attentive and you're watching a player come down court on his own, you catch that. And it, it, it amazed me that the, the refs did not call that because that was like, that's the kind of call you have to make. So I feel bad for Auburn. I really do, because if that call had been made, the game would have been over. But instead, they went on to foul a guy shooting a three pointer, which was stupid. And he won. They won the game with three shots at the free throw line. And I'm not going to go into ball. But anyway, I'm going to leave that alone because I really think that was some fuckery. It was kind of like somebody was looking the other way. I don't know why. But there's my little um, conspiracy theory. It was crazy. Anyway, Virginia Tech. I'm sorry, Virginia should have been Virginia Tech. But Virginia and Texas Tech. uh, I'm going with Texas Tech easily. Um, Texas Tech, hella defense. One of the best teams defensively I've seen in a long time. Just kind of give you all an idea if you didn't watch the game. Uh, first half, uh, Texas Tech and Michigan State. Uh, Texas Tech always keeps these teams, these great teams, like low scoring under with these low scores. So the total first half score was under 50 when you add the two teams together, their score in the first half. That's amazing. So. Shout out to Texas Tech. Good luck. 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 You know. All right. Um, let's do some 365 Black. Uh, a few notable dates this week. Um, Hank Aaron hit number uh, 715 this week, man. Uh, April 8th. Um, it was the um, the breaking of Babe Ruth's record in 1974. I wasn't at the game, but I think I may have been watching the game as a kid. Uh, April 9th, um, back in 1939, one of the greatest voices ever, Marian Anderson, uh, performed uh, before 75,000 on the steps 
of the Lincoln Memorial, and she was refused admission by the Daughters of the American Revolution. Um, she was supposed to have a concert, Constitutional Hall in D.C., and um, they refused her. So she she sang on the on the steps, Lincoln Memorial. Uh, shout out to Spelman College alum, Founders Day, April 11th, back in 1883, Spelman College was founded. Uh, April 11th, Benjamin Hooks became the first African-American named to the Federal Communications Commission. April 11th, back in 1972. In 1990, April 12th, August uh, Wilson won a Pulitzer for the piano lesson. The great August Wilson. Fences, y'all know that too. Um, April 13th, Sidney Poitier received the Oscar for Best Actor. He was the first African-American male to receive an Academy Award. That was again back in 1963. Some historic birthdays. Shout out to Lady Day Holiday. Billy Holiday was born in 1915 in Baltimore and Beemore. Freddie Hubbard was born jazz great in 1938. So Freddie Hubbard was born um, on uh, in this this week uh, actually. Uh, and this Tuesday, activ- activist uh, Paul Robeson was born in 1898 uh, on April 10th. Uh, tennis great Auburn. I'm, I'm sorry, tennis great author Ash was born back in 1943, and Herbie Hancock. In 1940, he was born on April 12th. Y'all, y'all know Rocket back in the 80s? He's, yeah, of course, you know, that ain't the only thing he did, but, you know. And, um, man, on this day as I tape this podcast, it is the 50th, the 50 50th birthday of the internet. <laughs> the internet. And, and the, the reason why they say it's the birth of the internet is there was this publication called, I think, RFC1. Uh, it was the publication of the first request for comments or RFC document that paved the way for the birth of the Internet. So April 7th, which is, of course, the day I take the show, is often cited as a symbolic birth date of the net because the RFC memoranda, it contained research proposals and methodologies applicable to Internet technology. Wow. OK. Sorry, Al Gore. You didn't actually you didn't do it, dude. You didn't. <laughs> Al Gore always talks about. Well, people people try to mess with Al, but Al really didn't invent the internet, y'all. Just in case. And also, I missed this last week, but um, the Matrix, the movie, uh, turned twenty. Can y'all believe the Matrix is twenty? Damn! Shout out to Neo, Trinity, Morpheus, Agent Smith, the Oracle, Sentinels, Cipher. I go on. I go on and on. I love that movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. All right, y'all. Let's uh, sip some tea with Tanya B. All right, y'all. She's back. Coming back from Hollywood. Hollywood Road in ATL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's back. Sipping more tea with Tanya B. You got plenty of tea again this week. How you doing, Tanya? Oh, I'm doing great. Yes, I have a lot of tea. And if you think last week's tea was hot. Ugh. Sad week. Um, the Nipsey yeah, Hustle yeah. murder. What's up? Can you give us an update on what's happening with that? Oh, you know, everybody was taken aback. Here is somebody who actually had rap as a side hustle, so to speak, no pun intended. But he was really about uplifting the community, creating opportunities. And he did it really under the guise of anonymity. Nobody really knew how much this man did, unfortunately, until he was dead. Now, of course, they have found the shooter. And it's interesting, his name is Eric Holder, the same as the yeah. gentleman that used to run the FCC and worked in the Obama camp, mm-hmm. cabinet. Yeah, he's the old guy. AG, the old uh, attorney general, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. Th- this is not him. But it's just ironic 
check how when the streets are hot and the streets are talking and when you do the wrong thing, mm. it will come back to bite you in the behind. So this gentleman, Eric Holder, is there. I heard he's maybe like C-level rapper. You know, it had come up to Nipsey, who was standing outside of his store, the Marathon. Nipsey, who never left the hood, you know, didn't have the hood in him. He mm. may have been from there, but he was just creating so many opportunities, jobs. And he had just actually bought a building. So he was really making some serious um, entrepreneurial and, and big time real estate moves and nobody knew about it. Of course, people now know that he was due to go and meet with the LAPD and the gang task force to try to curb the gang violence or alleged gang violence, I should say, in the LA area. He was in the Crenshaw district and he was actually there gifting a young man who had recently got released from jail to get him clothing, to get back into the world and just, you know, uh, have clothes for day to day, have Mm. clothes to go to job interviews, things along that line. So again, here was somebody who was doing the right thing. The wrong person came up. Long story shorter. Of course, he shoots Nipsey in the head and in the chest. The other two witnesses that he shot, well, the witnesses because they lived, they didn't die. So here you have two witnesses. And then here comes old girl. Now, bum Quisha is going to go turn herself (laughs) into the police Mm. and say she needs protection. But Mm. at the end of the day, if somebody comes and runs into your car, Mm-hmm. with blood spatter on them, yeah. holding a gun. How do you say you had no idea what went on? You didn't know what happened. You were close enough to pick him up, so you were close enough to hear the gunshot. So I think she's really on borrowed time right now. She's been released. Mm-hmm. The community wants her arrested because she right. was released by the police, according. All right. She mm-hmm. basically is an accessory. If you mm-hmm. are with people who rob a bank and you drive the getaway car, you are an accessory. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether she's going to, turn state's evidence what she's going to do but i know right now i guarantee you she is sleeping with one eye open <laughs> mm-hmm. the other thing that has happened is eric holden i was trying to say that he's insane uh putting himself into a mental health facility saying he has no recollection of the 48 hours including the day that he allegedly well he did kill lipsy hustle there is video footage of how everything went down and then here's the thing he's trying to claim he's insane I'm really surprised that Christopher Darden, who we all know from the OJ case and who I didn't think needed a come up at this point in his career. But apparently, I guess he does. He lost the OJ case. (laughs) He lost. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) he'll go down as a loser. So he needs he needs a win. So, mm. well, I don't think this is the win. I'll just say that. So I think he he might want to go get get some tips from OJ. But anyway, (laughs) also. Two things have happened since Eric Holder's been in jail um, for the murder of Nipsey Hussle. And that's that two of his relatives have been murdered. Wow. Two of his cousins. So the streets are talking. They're sending a message. And there has been some talk of him having gang affiliation. But if that's the case, he's in jail, allegedly in solitary confinement, which doesn't really mean much because if they want you, they'll get you. Oh, yeah. If you're a gangbanger in jail with nothing to lose, you know, killing him will mean nothing to anybody. And in L.A. Right, exactly. So I don't think the gangs are going to have his back, so to speak. So you know, a lot of people were saying if he's not dead, he will be soon. You know, I, you don't always want to say an eye for an eye, hmm. but he just picked the wrong person. Yeah, just an unfortunate situation. Unfortunate. It, it really is. Because who knows what Nipsey could have gone on to do. He had, you know, uh, a STEM program for kids in the inner city. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, some of the smartest kids that are out there are in the inner city. They just don't have the mechanisms and the tools that their other counterparts have in more affluent areas, you know, to take advantage of things like that. It could have been the person who was uh, looking at, at doing something with science to find a cure for a, a dreadful, you know, terminal disease 
disease. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But just hopefully uh, his business partner will continue his legacy. You know, he's leaving children behind. You know, it took Lauren London, who was his companion, a few days to come forth and say something. She's got a child with Nipsey Hussle and he has another uh, daughter, too. Who was his date to the Grammys? So it's just, you know, it's really interesting how you, know, you have people like him who do it because they do it from the heart. Jay-Z allegedly put $15 million into a trust fund for his children. And that's all well and good because now you have children, especially his sons, you know, or even daughters, you know. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Jay-Z, um, his better half, Beyonce. You got some news? Oh, do I ever. This week's edition of the Tea is brought to you by the city of Los Angeles or the state of California. There's <laughs> oh, just no. so much to talk about. Oh. Now, Beyonce. Now, she's got she's she is the queen of the now what now? You know, she comes and gets you when you least expect it, when you think, you know, she's not doing anything. But just going back to my time spent in the Knowles camp, when she was on bed rest with, you know, the twins, she was planning. I don't want to say plotting, but it's planning what, you know, she would be doing right now. And here we are a little more than a year later. Oh, before I get to Beyonce, one mm -hmm. thing I want to say is, I don't know if you've seen the beehive is living because somebody got a picture of her twins. You know, she's very protective oh, of her yeah. children and, you know, the oh, way yeah. that people were really just being just unmerciful to uh, Blue Ivy, who was a child. Mm -hmm. But uh, so someone got a picture of the twins and a gentleman named Jason Lee, who has a YouTube show called Hollywood Unlocked, mm -hmm. he put the picture up. So oh. I hope he's sleeping with one eye open. Oh. Yes, I know you know she's an international star. And yes, you give up a lot of your privacy when you choose this life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at some point in time, there's got to be, you know, some checks and balances for morality. The mm -hmm. kids leave them out of it. The yeah. parents leave them out of it. Even the mob has a code. They don't kill kids and mothers. So, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what Jason wanted to achieve by that, but the beehive is merciless. That's all I got to say. So yeah, they'll get him. Okay, so now a couple of things. Beyonce is releasing a new album. Mm. Now it's actually older songs, but she's putting a few new tracks on it, so that makes it a new album. That's going to be dropping. We also know that Beyonce is actually coming to Netflix with a documentary about her. I call it Baychella. Most people call it Coachella, but that was Baychella. Mm -hmm. You know about that performance. There'll be additional footage from behind the scenes, and you know I guess it, it may also have something to do with you know how she really went hard for the HBCUs and had a lot of the students there, gave a lot of the money that she made uh, from other entities. Coachella doesn't pay a lot of money, truth be known. No. Um, you know, publicity. but just letting people see what yeah. it takes to put together yeah. something as massive as not just the Beyonce show, but Coachella as well. Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, Beyonce could put a documentary about I went to Target and that would sell. <laughs> or, you know, here I am in the bar in the backyard barbecuing um, ribs and, and, half and hot legs, <laughs> yeah. you know, and people will watch. So, yeah, right. you know, here she comes again. Last time it was Lemonade on HBO. Now it's going to be a Netflix documentary. And don't forget, she's also the voice of Nala mm -hmm. in Disney's The Lion King. And that comes out July 19th. Which is and, you know, be I huge. wouldn't be surprised be if she yeah. and Jay-Z just jumped up and, and hit the road again. 
But mm. here is the thing that will make you have to sip your glass of lemonade, put it down and come back up for air. As you may know, Beyonce has just um, gone into partnership with Adidas. Mm. Now, she's also going to be relaunching her Ivy Park brand, which I didn't know that she needed to relaunch. But here's the gag. Now, Beyonce has more social media follows just on Instagram, 126 million followers. Mm. And that's more than all of the 36 Adidas accounts combined. Wow. Now, she'll develop sneakers and apparel and it's going to be more than in just about clothes. Really, it's about celebrity, you know, and it's about power and just music because the gag is that she spoke to a lot of brands. She spoke to Nike, Under Armour, and maybe people have heard about Reebok and they're in the room and she says, is this the team that's going to represent me? They said, oh, yes, Beyonce, yes. And she said, well, nobody here looks like me or knows my story. So she, from what some sources say, got up and walked out because of Reebok's lack of diversity and a non-existent representation of her background or her her skin color. So once again, Reebok has dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. They already had a Pierre nightmare with all of the um, alleged uh, sexual misconduct situation. So Mm -hmm. they're trying to revamp um, their image and just rebuild customer loyalty but Beyonce made a statement she put her name on it she put some respect on it there isn't even a K in her name well her last name Knowles Mm -hmm. and I believe that she's going to take a lot of the money that is generated from on this clothing line and donated to charity you know she does a lot of philanthropic work again anonymously we know about the HBCUs and we know about these scholarships but she does a lot of anonymous philanthropic work so Mm-hmm. And that's you exciting know, because, said, you know what, Adidas does have fairly good history in the African-American community. And that's even going back to the days of hip hop in New York and, and Run DMC. So, you know, Adidas, yeah, you know, so 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 they know what's up. They know what's up. Yeah. Too bad, Reebok. Right. See, <laughs> Too bad. Yeah, they, you know, they did their homework. Yeah, they Honestly, did. they, they did their do. homework. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what comes out. And the other thing is that Beyonce makes clothes, unlike a lot of the manufacturers that, you know, size by European sizes, which are not sizes for, you know, mm-hmm. Real, real women, period. Not mm-hmm. just black women, real women. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that these uh, clothes that Beyonce will be putting out through Adidas are going to, you know, fit all body types, sizes and shapes. And that's good important. It's good stuff. The Jacksons and DeBarge? What, what's, what's up with that? What's new, okay. what's new about okay, that? First, okay, well, they're both kind of from Michigan, not Michigan. Oh, DeBarge, Michigan, the Jacksons, Indiana. But, you know, yeah. they pretty much live in L.A. Okay. So what's going on is that because of all of this mess with the Leaving Neverland documentary, now the director has finally come out and said, I didn't check all my facts. Oh. And, the, and, and, and Michael's brothers and his nephew, Todd, who's also Tito Jr., uh, he said, I lived with my uncle during that time at Neverland, and these guys are not being honest. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, Wade Robeson, actually dated Jackie Jackson's daughter for years, and she said she broke up with him because he was such a serial cheater. But here's the gag. So Todd says he's living at Neverland, and during the course of this documentary, one of them says, Michael assaulted me sexually in the Neverland train station between 1988 and 1992 wrong because the train station wasn't built until 1994 wow. so now these young men the cracks are really starting to come out in this story mm. 
mm-hmm. where they, when people said they lied before, they lie again. So what has happened is Michael's nephew, Taj, did a, a long interview with Billboard this week, but he's actually established a GoFundMe to raise $777,000 to do another documentary to tell the facts, expose these two guys as liars and opportunists who want notoriety and they're trying to make a coin because what they had has run out and he wants to tell the truth so the GoFundMe he's only raised about $120,000 but that's only happened in less than a week so it just might work all but, of but this you know, thing this whole Neverland thing is a bunch of crap you mentioned um, the timeline and it's interesting because the director mentioned this week also that he was aware of, of the timeline being faulty and he they went through so, with it anyway So, okay, so how many more people do you think are going to hire this guy to do documentaries, movies, or anything else? He uh, has put himself on blast as being, you know, inconsistent and dishonest. And allegedly, Oprah's backing away. Uh, People are scrubbing their YouTube and and social media who were against or or basically uh, in support of the documentary. So, um, you know, it looks like a lot of people are are running in the different in a different direction than this documentary. Yes. And, and soon but, HBO probably will be as well. So, yeah, but the big right that but the big FU mm-hmm. comes from Janet Jackson, who, if you noticed, did not perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Could that be because it was broadcast on HBO, the wow. home of leaving Neverland? Yeah. Miss Jackson, she's still nasty. <laughs> Go, Janet. The Bard thing is really, really quick. Um, what's going on is that TV One, and I, it happened, I know, in my neighborhood down here in the A because they closed off the streets. Hmm. I'm like, what's going on over here? Yeah. They're filming, or they were filming, the Bobby DeBarge story. And I know oh. Bobby was the lead singer of the 70s group Switch. Switch, and, man. Um, that's my group. Ah, yeah, they'll never be. And I call your name, girl, and it eases the pain. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he was really very talented. He was one that was really, you know, tormented. He was the oldest brother. And and, and if you watch any of the DeBar siblings talk, or even when they had their TV one unsung, that their father, Robert or Bobby DeBar Sr., would just kind of beat him. Abuse. Yeah. You know, just for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. So they're making a movie. It comes on TV one, uh, June the 9th, and it's supposed to be raw, revealing, and real. Mm-hmm. And as you may know, that Bobby had a, developed a really bad heroin problem, yeah. and his career just kind of went to the toilet. Then he and his brothers got arrested and went to jail for drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. And then he succumbed to, um, you know, HIV and AIDS and passed away and he has children and he had a wife and, you know, it's, 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 I hope they really tell, you know, the truth because I think, again, here's another cautionary tale. Yeah. You have a family where nine out of the ten children are just uber talented. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like the, the 80s version of what the Jackson 5, I guess, once was, you know, at Motown. Yeah, yeah. And there were big plans for them between Switch and DeBarge and things just kind of went to hell in a handbasket. And many of them, including Elle and Bunny and James and Randy and Chico, mm-hmm. the only one that I think didn't get caught up was the sister Peaches because she didn't sing. Um, but they all developed really bad drug problems, never really got back on track after that. A couple of them lived down here in Georgia. Some of them have relapsed and they have a lot of health issues. So it's unfortunate that a family with so much talent, you know, it's just so, so cursed. I talked about the Clark sisters last week. They're from Michigan as well. So, but you know, you know, Tanya B, let me say this. Um, 
and and this is the millennials because you know we have so many different uh, groups of folks who listen to the show. The amazing thing about the DeBarge family, Switch, Bobby and Tommy, their angelic voices. They their voices were like so. I mean, when you listen to the DeBarge stuff, uh, music, the Switch music. And they were hellions. <laughs> they were like, this, I mean, been to a hotel room. Like they were thuggish. There were seven of them singing. <laughs> sounded like one or two people. Oh. And, you know. I mean, I, I don't mean that in a negative. I, I'm not trying to be no, disparaging. Not at all. Not at all. But if you watch the TV One documentary, if you hear some of the old stories behind the scenes, you know, these, I guess when it came down to public, you know, being in public on stage, uh, in music videos, but behind the scenes, they were just ripping it. I mean, they were, it was, and it's just so amazing. So I, I hope that documentary um, sheds light. And, and you're right. I think if anything, these cautionary tales, hopefully the folks who want to be and are aspiring to be, will will take note. Usher, baby. <laughs> uh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead with Usher. Go ahead. Uh, okay, well, go ahead. Here. <laughs> Everybody knows Usher, really. He's had a very interesting life. And yeah. He's been married twice and he's gone through a divorce and he's got, you know, his kids. I do give him five on it for really putting his kids first. When he goes on he tour, he, he takes has. them with them. Oh, they have daycare, they have school, and his son uh, is of age and he really takes care of them. So, uh, you know, you got to give him five on it for that, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he didn't have a father growing up. So I no. think that's why he really goes over and above to make sure that his children know I'm dad, I'm here, you know, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to protect you and take care of you. Mm -hmm. So there has been a story that's been out for about three or four years about Usher having herpes and Usher spreading herpes, Mm -hmm. not just to women, but there's actually a man that says Usher gave him Mm -hmm. the herp. Allegedly, right. Allegedly. Yeah. However, there is. I got to get this tea right. Wait a minute, because I don't want. I don't want Ursha baby coming after me. <laughs> no, come anyway, there's a young lady please don't us. <laughs> Go ahead. Like I'm at the helm of everything, and she is suing Usher, saying wow. that he gave her herpes when they had unprotected sex. Well, she's going to get her day in court, although we don't quite know when. But a judge in Atlanta has set a date for the trial between Laura Helm and Usher later mm. this year. Wow. Now, the judge agreed to hear the case um, back in November of 2018, according to court documents. And both sides agreed to extend uh, I guess a continuous, I guess is what you call it, mm-hmm. because they all had to get all this medical evidence. Mm-hmm. So now with all of this going on, you know, Usher is saying it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But he's also his attorneys, I would say not so much him, are trying to say that Laura Helm has no case because they had. More than one sexual encounter in 2017. This is not the old one. This is in 2017. Mm-hmm. And Usher said, I didn't give her herpes, but she should have known the risk she was taking when she decided to have unprotected sex with me anyway. So they're trying to say, oh, you know, the usual thing, throw on a woman. You know, she's, as Biggie would say, she's a slut. She's a hoe. Mm-hmm. She's a freak. And then Usher tried to go get a gag order saying that, you know, this case could cause him irreparable harm. But this woman said, I'm not, I ain't scared. She wants to go to court. She wants to talk and tell everything that she knows. And she says that, um, you know, it does not violate her First Amendment rights. So when I hear about this trial date, you know, that courtroom is going to be packed. 
And if cameras are allowed in, it's going to be on and popping. And, you know, I mean, there have been several of these situations. A few of them have been thrown out. A few of them have been settled. And, um, you know, I I just, um, you know, you just want because... The, the the unfortunate thing is, I know he does have a new single out. He's moving on with his career, and uh, you just you just you know, I guess at some point um, you want some finality. I'm sure he does. You know, at the end of the day, you know, again, honestly, when she slept with Usher, he was also married. So you know, you're mm-hmm. grown people. You know, you, you kind of know what you're getting into. And it wasn't like this story about Usher having herpes allegedly was anything new. So, you know, I think they're kind of both going to have to take the bumps and bruises that come with this. Okay, we'll see. All right, so so Freak Mick. Okay, on. now. <laughs> Back in the said, A lot of millennials don't even know what Freak Nick is, don't know um, what it was, don't know that really it is part of of culture. Yeah. It's crazy enough to change it was. It was part of culture. So to say freak dick to someone who is 30, uh, a millennial, basically, they're I'm like, what? Now, I, know, I know I know there has been a freak dick cartoon like on um, either Cartoon Network or somebody did a parody. But, but uh, you know, so so it, it in the culture, yeah. it has been yeah. put out there. But what is this yeah, about? Yeah. Okay, here's what's going on. Now, first of all, we know about Freaknik. Freaknik, just imagine Freaknik being an outdoor barbecue. If you took the, the walls and the roof off of a strip club and put a little <laughs> debauchery in there and put uh, a whole house up in there and everybody just goes buck wild. Like, remember the girls gone wild from back in the day? Mm-hmm. So it's not a family-friendly thing. And someone said, thinking that Freaknik is going to be a family-friendly event. Mm-hmm. Given its history, you know, that's kind of like saying, okay, um, Octo Mom is a virgin and she got pregnant by Immaculate Conception or something <laughs> along that line. So, anyway, so Freak Nick actually tried to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's drinking, it's partying, it's wild sex. You know, people were just doing things in the street that you would normally do behind closed doors. And like I said, if you could, anything you could think of that was off the chain of wild, it happened here in Atlanta at Freak Nick. Hmm. So in 2010, it tried to come back to Atlanta. Then it tried to come back again two years ago. And back in 2010, Kasim Reed, who was the mayor, he banned any and all freaknik related activity yeah. from taking place within the city of Atlanta. Hmm. Yeah. So it didn't go that well. Then they tried to take it out to a suburb called Stone Mountain. And hmm. that didn't work because it was just so far out. So anyway, on June 22nd, if you have nothing to do and you want to laugh, Freak Nick is allegedly taking place in Atlanta. But here's the thing. It's not going to be what it was like a spring break. They're trying to make it a concert because they want to have it at an amphitheater. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Now, there are nine people who are entities sponsoring this event. I hope they get their money back and I hope they have a lot of uh, insurance. Now, here's the lineup so far. Okay. Uh, Project Pat, who I thought had become a preacher, will be performing. Wow. You know, here's the off the chain piece. Uncle Luke, we all know from the Me So Horny. That's just a classic anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, people who don't really have a whole lot going on, except for you know, DeBrat is on Dish Nation. But you've got Foxy Brown, Kilo wow. Ali, Bun B, Pastor Troy. And wow. they want that people is, to pay is... $221 for a ticket. What? And that's a hot mess. But wait, here's the gag. Yeah. Guess who the promoter of the concert is? Uh, who? Live Nation. Oh, Live wow. Nation. Live Nation. Wow. But you know what? Let me mention this. I'm from the A. And most people who remember the origins of Freak Nick, 
it started off as a Greek picnic by uh, a group of students at the AU Center. And it, it kind of spiraled out into, I guess, what you call it uh, when it when it was canceled, what it became. Um, so trying to take it back maybe to its roots, um, I'm not saying it's a great idea, but maybe I guess the best thing to say, maybe it's a noble idea. But, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, it was never really, a, 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 I guess, the best way to put it intended to be organized. Does that make sense? <laughs> it was absolutely because well, it was everywhere. Again, it just took over the one city. Of the main organizers of Freaknik is from L.A. and yeah. she lives in L.A. Yeah, you, you can't you can't get the spirit of that event because that, that event's, you know, very it's very much about the A. It, it's very much about the A. So good luck. But uh, if, if the ATL really is not in control of it, it's not really freaknik. I'll just say that. I'm just going to leave it at that. No, I want to see what's going to happen when they try to meet with the police, all the security oh. that they're going to need, yeah. all of the insurance and the bonds and the upfront, everything is going to be needed. And what's interesting is with they're having the concert. It is a live nation venue, but it's one that's kind of in the hood. So I guess if things get jacked up, they're not going to care because it's, oh, we're in the hood. They jacked it up anyway. Who cares? But it should be interesting. So, well, let me say, I don't I don't think Mayor Bottoms can afford this thing to go south. She can't afford it right now politically. So trust me, it's going to be on lockdown. So I just I mean, unless they add some more acts to the the bill. And again, it's just this one day. So how do you take Freak Dick and make it a concert? Hmm. And so, of course, you won't have the party and the chaos that, you know, that used to be there. But it's going to I wonder if people are even going to come. Well, people people used to come from everywhere to freak. I wonder if people from Atlanta are going to come because it's right after Father's Day. Who wants to go to? It ain't the spirit, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it ain't the spirit. Like I said, I want to see what happens with the popo. So anyway, and then wait. Oh, wait, but there's more. Oh, oh. Some of the way the proceeds from this concert again. I don't know anybody who's going to pay two hundred twenty one dollars mm. to see a bunch of local acts that you can <laughs> see at any given time. Mm. Um, you know, go to Magic City, go to <laughs> go anywhere in Atlanta. But here's the thing: they want to give a portion of the proceeds to local women's empowerment groups. Get out! Get the f out of here! I'm oh, sorry. There you go. All right, um, let's wrap it with um, how we started it last week and. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, or, or, Jesse, Jesse. or as Chris Rock, Wait, no, as before, Chris Rock likes to call him, Jesse. That. Can I just say one? Thing? I got one. I got to say one. Go ahead. What you got? I just gotta say, shout out to Lori Lightfoot, the first African American female there mayor of Chicago. People say, "Oh, and she's gay." So what? Yeah. She won. Yeah, she won. This is this is history making. Was just her being a woman. Yeah. Go and after what absolutely. they went through at Rahm Emanuel, nobody even said uh, no. bye, Rahm. They just like, uh, okay, Lori. Move on. And then a woman that she that she had the rock election with was another African American female mm-hmm. who's also a very powerful uh, political in Chicago. So you know, some goods got to come from all the bad stuff that's been associated with the shy. So anyway, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse still he's still saying in his mind that he did nothing wrong. So I'm like, okay, well, Jesse. Uh, did you ever turn your phone over? I'm not giving them my phone. So long story longer. 
I think there are still a few more details and Jesse's not being forthright about. But the city, as I said last week, Rahm Emanuel, right before he left office, Mm -hmm. uh, said that he wanted Jesse Smollett to pay one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Now, initially it was two hundred thousand. But now I hear it's one hundred and thirty thousand dollars for all the manpower and the time and the money that was spent investigating his alleged hate crime. Mm. And Jesse kind of put them to birth. I'm not paying y'all anything because the deadline is passed. He hasn't paid the money. You know, Jesse is not A-list at this point right now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he even has $130,000. Yeah, I agree. Unless, He's got unless, big legal uh, bills to pay. Yeah. He didn't finish the whole season of Empire. Mm-hmm. His music is not selling. Yeah. Empire's ratings are in the toilet. So I hope he's got his next stunt ready. Yeah, yeah. I said, I think what's going to happen you know, is I think now that Chicago with the police, they feel like they've just been flipped the bird. Uh, people want to make a point. There have been like the police um, have called for Kim Fox, who was a uh, state's attorney who dropped the charges. You know, they want her to leave office. That probably is not going to happen. No. And, um, you know, they have to prove a point because Jesse bought a lot of negative publicity to their city. Yeah, yeah. Almost uh, between him and R. Kelly, you couldn't pay me to go to Chicago and I would not <laughs> take my niece. No, no, or, don't do that. Uh, so do that. I think he's kind of flipping him the bird. But, yeah, you know, and the thing about it is when you get to situations like this where they say pay, he says no, uh, we'll sue you, I'll sue you back. The only people that make any money is the attorneys. Yeah. So yeah. if Jesse, you know, just as a, a gesture of goodwill, if I were Jesse, while I'm in the corner sitting down and being quiet and getting a good uh, spin doctor and PR person, mm-hmm. start pouring money into, uh, you know, uh, women's empowerment groups a la Freaknik, or, you know, the local YMCA or, you know, fund a STEM program. Come into this city and do something. If you don't want to come back to Chicago and they tell you that's okay, so just start writing some checks to some you know, nonprofits or do something. Make a concerted effort. Right now, they're getting more upset because they feel like he's telling them, you know, I'm serving you up my behind to kiss. I'm not giving you anything. And at the end of the day, nobody. Well, you know what? I hope, like, I hope he embraces the new mayor and steps forward and does something to try to enrich the city. I'll leave it at that. Exactly. Because he said he wanted to speak out for people, you know, gay black boys and people who look like him and, you know, that whole thing. Well, if the new mayor is part of the LGBTQ community, Hmm. this would be, like you said, a perfect time for Jesse to put his money where his mouth is, tell the truth for a moment and step up and again, do the right thing. He's got an advocate. You're absolutely right. Tanya B, where can folks follow you? Let them know. Actually, I'm on the gram, and I gave you the wrong address last oh. week. I'm sorry, people. But you can find me. You put in enough letters. I'm T-Bird, T as in T, B-Y-R-D, T-Bird Atlanta on the gram. T-Bird Atlanta on the gram. And again, I put a lot of content up there. And again, I say I'm a champion for independent artists and independent labels. I, even today, I put something up. Uh, about how producers can clear samples and not worry about getting sued. Um, you know, one other thing I want to touch on really quickly is this whole situation with Lil Nas X, how he was kicked off the Billboard country chart because I guess the country music chart editor didn't feel that he embodied the principles of country music. Mm-hmm. 
Not well, surprising to me at all. They, but go they ahead. just made him go that much more viral. Hmm. And then Billy Ray Cyrus got involved. And he said, I got kicked off the country charts, too. And he looks like he is a quintessential country artist. Mm-hmm. So what has happened is the two of them got together, did a remix of Billy Ray Cyrus on. Let's see if it gets back on the charts. Billboard people take your heads out of the sand. It's a new day. And clearly, you know, it made them really appear that they are as out of touch as people think they are because how can you tell people what to listen to and what they like mm-hmm. many times pop records go on to you know the the black charts and vice versa you know we had hall notes on the black chart you said remember when nelly did start a georgia line nelly did a record with um tim mcgraw mm-hmm. and there wasn't that much stank about it but i think part of it is look at the way this kid looks he doesn't look like nelly yeah yeah and you know yeah. it's just it made him go that much more viral they made this guy that much more famous. Billy Ray Cyrus, he got it. That makes him relevant. Now, at the end of the day, you know, this kid's going to have a few more coins in his pocket. And he's from Atlanta. So shout out to Lil Nas X and the A. And Billboard, even they got put on blast and just publicly shamed this morning on the Today Show. Carson Daly brought it up. He looks like the principal of your <laughs> middle school. But, but and even Al Roker. But Hoda Kotfi, who was a 50-something-year-old mother, she said, ban Billboard. And then she said, I heard the song one time. I got hooked, and she loves it. Wow. So, Billboard people, you look stank right now. Country doesn't surprise me. I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Tanya B. It does. For sipping You're the tea. You're welcome, Tommy B. You're coming back with us next week. Anybody who hears our voices, if you like it, do you think it didn't? It's okay. But just, you know, tell a friend. Tanya B, she's out. All right, let's take a few and review some news with Syracuse Mike. What you got, Mike? Former Vice President Joe Biden said Sunday he believes he never acted inappropriately following allegations by a female activist that he made her feel uncomfortable by kissing her at a campaign event in 2014. Biden said he does not recall the incident. The allegation was made in an online essay by Lucy Flores, a party activist who was running for lieutenant governor in Nevada at the time. She was on CNN State of the Union yesterday. If he is saying that he never believed that that was inappropriate, then frankly, I think that's a little bit of a disconnect. Flora said Biden also touched her shoulders and smelled her hair when they appeared at the event together, making her feel uncomfortable. In a statement, Biden said, in part, we have arrived at an important time when women feel they can and should relate their experiences and men should pay attention. And I will. Flores added, I'm glad that he's willing to listen. I'm I'm glad that he is clarifying his intentions. Frankly, my point was never about his intentions and they shouldn't be about his intentions. It should be about the women on the receiving end of that behavior. Acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney says he could guarantee Americans would not lose their health insurance coverage if the Obamacare law was struck down in a court challenge. President Trump has renewed his interest in overturning the law. The Trump administration announced they will speed up the deployment of hundreds of officers on the southern border of the United States and will dramatically expand a policy of returning migrants seeking asylum to Mexico. Over the past several days, the president has cut off millions in financial aid to Central American nations where migrants are coming from and is threatening to shut down the entire southern border. 
They're calling it dueling protests in Chicago Monday. The focus, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox, whose office dropped charges against Jussie Smollett. Protesters led by the Fraternal Order Police stood outside of Fox's office with signs and chanted, Fox must go and lock her up. Earlier in the day, Reverend Jesse Jackson, along with elected officials and others, held their own rally to back Fox. Somehow, Smollett got what other people don't get. He did not give it up. He got what people people get all the time. Reverend Al Sharpton joined Jackson in defending Fox and called Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel a hypocrite for slamming Smollett. Sharpton and others also questioned the reaction from police and officers over the Laquan McDonald case. The White House took a step back Tuesday from a threat to close the U.S. border with Mexico, even as a redeployment of border officers in recent days has led to a slowdown of legal crossings and commerce at ports of entry. But White House spokesperson Sarah Sanders said the real problem is with Democrats. We're at a breaking point, and they have left the president absolutely no choice. Many are concerned about the impact on the U.S. economy if the threat to close the border becomes a reality. Congressional Democrats have authorized the committee chairman to subpoena special counsel Robert Mueller's full report on Russia's role in the 2016 election, moving closer to a legal clash with the Trump administration. Chairman Jerry Nadler. I have asked Attorney General Barr to work with us. He has so far refused. I will give him time to change his mind. But if we cannot reach an accommodation, then we will have no choice but to issue subpoenas for these materials. The Democratic-led Judiciary Committee voted to allow a subpoena for the Justice Department to obtain Mueller's unredacted report and all underlying evidence as well as documents and testimony from five former Trump aides, including political strategist Steve Bannon. President Trump, while backing off of threats to close the border wall, visits a section of recently replaced border fence in Calexico, California today to tour a two-mile section of the fence. Despite recent threats, the president said earlier that the relationship with Mexico is good. We love Mexico. We love the country of Mexico. We have two problems. We have the fact that they allow people to pour in to our country. We have to stop them. Border patrol's been incredible. ICE has been incredible. Law enforcement's been incredible. And the other problem is drugs. On Thursday, the president said the border closure would come in a year if his demand to curb illegal immigration and drug trafficking are not met. The city of Chicago will sue actor Jussie Smollett for the cost of police overtime spent investigating his claims that he was a victim of a hate crime. The city is seeking $130,000. All right, that was the week that was... um Man, okay, um, I've got some stuff. Uh, This is a really good assignment. Check this out. It's from Vox. Shout out to Mayor-elect Lori Lightfoot. This article gives some good insight into um, Mayor-elect Lightfoot. And in, in addition to that, it talks about the bigger part of this being a story of black women winning in politics and how that's really becoming a revolution uh, of course, Chicago made history uh, on this in this week by electing Lori Lightfoot, uh, black woman who is openly lesbian, as mayor. Uh, it's the largest American city to do so. And her victory actually ushers in a new political era for Chicago. And and y'all know Chicago's like the, the political machine. Rahm Emanuel's talking all that crap. But, you know, all the controversies, the policing controversies, the corruption scandals. Uh, the large economic deficit, the school issues. So um, with with Lightfoot's election and the fact that her opponent, uh, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle, 
was also a black woman, it also highlights a much broader trend uh, around the country, which is a growing number of black women running for political office and actually not just running, but actually winning. And I'll post the article on the podcast page. So make sure you check it out there. Also, some extra credit for y'all. Man, uh, Uncle Luke. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Luke, two live crew. Luther Campbell uh, is writing op-eds these days. Uh, Shout out to Luke. Um, he, um, is actually, he has an article in the new Miami or Miami new times in the Miami new times. Uh, and it's entitled Nipsey Hussle's murder is a tragic consequence of black on black crime. And just a few observations, um, a few things that Luke wrote in here and I'll make sure I post this for y'all. Uh, uncle Luke says, or Luther Campbell says, okay, the violent chaos of a Monday night memorial for slain rapper Nipsey Hussle and the alleged motive behind his murder should be a wake-up call to America's black community. Uh, African-Americans have more to fear from ourselves than any other threat. If y'all believe that or not. Hundreds of the Grammy-nominated rappers' supporters gathered to pay their respects outside his Los Angeles clothing store where he was gunned down. And it didn't take long for fights to break out, people to get trampled, One man was stabbed and 19 others were injured and transported to local hospitals. So Luke's bringing out, I guess, the um, how odd this was and and how controversial it was and um, just how ironic it was that, you know, folks are coming to pay respect and a fight breaks out. And the other thing that Luke goes on to say is as African-Americans, we need to recognize our failings, our own failings. Uh, no one will fix this for us. We have to do it ourselves. Okay. Just interesting, man, how people, how people change and grow up. Uncle Luke. Go ahead, Luke. Luther Campbell. Uh, somebody had to say it. I'll make sure I post the article on the podcast page. Title of the article from Uncle Luke. Nipsey Hussle's murder is a tragic consequence of black on black crime. And it is in the Miami New Times. Make sure I have that posted for you. All right, as we wrap the show, by the way, I'm I'm looking for two things, y'all. Uh, if you're a mixer, if you're a DJ, DJ mixer, you know that kind of thing. Specialize in classic 90s, hip-hop, house, that kind of thing. Hit me up. Uh, you can hit me up on the podcast um, at the uh, website, castropolis.net, on Instagram, wherever you can hit me up, hit me up. Email, all that information. Show will announce that too, so my show voice. Um, also, two, if, if you do therapy like sex therapy, anything like that, looking for exposure, I'm adding a Loveline show call in to the network to Castropolis. Hit me up. Uh, and you can go to castropolis.net. It, it's all there, all the, all the information I'm asking for in terms of how to connect with us, how to connect with me, uh, including all the other podcasts, uh, stream 24 seven, classic episodes, episodes from those shows. Uh, and of course, we stream our first episode live, the new show, every Sunday at noon. So you can check it out first there and then you can get it as podcast. But And also, before I go on, shout out to the podcast who are collaborating on the castropolis.net website stream. Uh, Damn We Grown, Seat at the Table, In the Trenches with the Two Lines, The Awakened Soul, uh, Dope Black Chick, The Breaks Media Network, Get at the Root with Sanya Estelle, and more. Thank you so much for collaborating with me. And again, you can connect with me via Instagram. If you are a podcaster and you want to stream some episodes of your show, connect with me, GP3 homies. 
on Twitter. It's reversed homies GP3. Also, there's a button on IG where you can actually stream Castropolis and you can check out, you know, some of the other shows and you can also stream our show every Sunday at noon. Um, when the podcast hits, we're on Spotify, Apple podcast, SoundCloud, Podbean, tune in radio. Also, you can search GP3 homies from the block. And go to iTunes, give us a five-star review. We're still looking for reviews. That helps, keeps us relevant and up in the search pattern. So please give us a review. Go there if you haven't already done so. Uh, you can support us. Go to castropolis.net. Support us financially. Keep the show going. Keep the lights on. Keep the stream going. Uh, click the Patreon link. Become a Patreon supporter. All right. So all that information is available to you. Appreciate you listening this week, y'all. And with that, show number 130 is in the can. And I'm out of here, y'all. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SB2G, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.